the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Hey, Steve Teal with Very Bold Radio and Podcast. I'm real excited. We got Pastor Darius Todd here with us today. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing phenomenal. I'm doing spectacular. I'm really thankful to be here because this is the first time that I've actually had an opportunity to be with you and the whole team and seeing what you do and, and just having a great opportunity. It's been a beautiful morning and I'm ready for what God's going to do. You're a technology whiz and a pastor. So I know when you walk in, like I know as a pastor, when I walk in and I hear a sermon, like you, you just hear it different than mm-hmm. just people that get to just show up. So I know not only you pastor, but also you're like this technological whiz. So you're taking it all in. Yes. You got your own podcast. You're mm-hmm. pastoring now, Abundant Life Christian Church. We're going to talk about a bunch of things. I've heard this man's testimony. I really want him to share that with you, but he's got lots of stories. Now, what the heck? Well, And give us a little preview. Uh, I don't know when we're going to get to it, how soon in, but what do we got? We got the incredible Hulk Lunchfield, Steve. <laughs> this is... Uh, this was a pivotal point in my life that that really uh, I went through some trauma. Yeah, okay. And in the okay. midst of that trauma, some different things happened and some emotions came out that I did not understand. Wow. And that actually became a foundation of my faith. Yeah. And also a foundation of who God created me to be. And he showed me through the presentation of this, not the original lunch pail. That would be a classic. You know? Yeah, it would. <laughs> but but, but uh, this is a representation of that that some friends of mine gave to me when they heard part of this testimony. And I think it'll be beneficial for everybody. Oh, I know it will. I yeah. know it will. All right. And just real quick. Now, this is going to air um, on radio probably either during or after the fact of pop-up church. So this okay. is more for the benefit of Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just tell us real quick about what's going on uh, Saturday with Pop-Up Church? Sure. So our ministry um, is 28 years old. Yeah. Um, about four years ago, the Lord laid on me an idea. Okay. I was in Austin working, and uh, I used to go to all of these different uh, food trucks. Yeah. And there was one in particular that I loved. It was oh. a Turkish food truck. Uh-huh. And they had this Turkish food. It was awesome. But what they would do is they would go different locations in Austin, and then they would tweet where they were. Yeah. And so what I learned is that, hey, if I wanted to go get that food, I would watch on Twitter. Yeah. And I said, you know what? What if a, what if the church I love it. shut down and just went somewhere into the community and really began to bless the community? And that way, when you announced your presence, people would come running because it's like, wow, something is something That's really good. awesome is getting ready to happen. And so I brought that to Pastor Bunton, who was the pastor of our church at the time. I had no idea that I would eventually become the pastor. You did not at that time? At that time, no. Wow. And so I'm feeling like Samuel going to the priest and saying, hey, the Lord just told me to do this. And, and pastor would say things like, well, you know, I think that's great. And I think you should work on that. But I don't really see that for right now. And it was almost like, go back to sleep and, and talk to the Lord and see what he says. And when yeah. he says, come. And so eventually, 
I became the pastor right yeah. at the beginning of COVID. What a great time to become pastor. I call uh, myself oh my gosh. I call myself the rookie pandemic pastor. <laughs> but the cool thing about that is that we were able then to shut down or excuse me, the world shut down. Yeah, yeah. But we were able to then do our the whole pop up church mentality, and I've put I've ingrained that into our church. Yeah. And so every three months we shut down the the church building. Yeah. And we go into the community. So we've done things like we go and we give away turkey dinners and we raffle it off and we give people the opportunity to come. We give the kids the turkeys and all that stuff yeah. and have them run out to the car and they're, they're all excited. And oh, it's such a great. blessing uh, to be a blessing because yeah. ultimately what I know is that God said, go into all the earth. Yeah. Make disciples. Right. And too often as a church, we've been used to oh, saying, yeah. come to the yeah. church yeah. so that we can share with you the love of Christ. And it's like, no, God says, I want you to come to the church yeah. so that you can be filled up to go into all the earth and make disciples. And so that's what we that's what we exhibit when we go out and we do this pop-up church. So this Saturday, yeah. we're going to be in our in, in a local area blessing the community. We're going to have free food. We're going to have free clothes. We're going to give away baskets of food given to us by Hayes County Food Bank. Um, we're going to give free haircuts. We're going to have a bouncy house for the kids. We're going to have all types of games. Or all probably, about the bouncy house. And all might, about it might even it might even break out into a flag football uh, oh. situation. So we've got all of that ready. <laughs> How do you know it might break into a flag football game? What's the scoop there? Well, you know, somebody I, just saying we're going to play. I've or? got the football. I've got the flags, and and whoever okay. shows up, we're going to make it happen. Okay. So, um, is this at the church site? It is this okay. time. This is the first okay. time that we've actually done it cool. in our on our local location. Yeah, and that's because we just moved into this new location in, in November. Yeah, and so it's letting the people know in the community that we're here and we're here for them. Right, and this is in San Marcos. So uh, mm -hmm. what's the and I, mm -hmm. I still I've been here you know twenty seven years. I still call it San Marcos, but I'm here more and more people say San Marcos. How how are you calling it, Pastor? I call it San Marvelous. Sam Marvelous, baby. <laughs> so just, like I just, set you up. Man. There it was. It, like T-Ball just Marvelous, said it right there and I knocked baby. it out. Yeah, but San, San Marcos. Um, and we're going to be at 101 Euland Road okay. uh, in San Marcos, Texas. And uh, just all you have to do is look for the water tower. It's called the Old Mill. Okay. And yeah. so you'll see us out there. There's a big field out there and we're going to have a great time. Awesome. Well, I'm real excited. And my family was privileged and blessed um, to come and visit your church this Sunday. Um, and yeah, it was a real honor. And you were not preaching, although you did get some preaching in. You got bit. some preaching in. <laughs> but uh, Pastor Bunton, um, who I've also had on the show and had a privilege of you know developing a friendship and relationship with him, yeah. uh, was preaching. And of course, it was a blast. So we're going to get to come back sometime to hear you like Mm -hmm. preach. I'm ready. And I know you're also going to do some preaching this morning just because that's kind of, <laughs> you know, who you are. You got it. And uh, it's going to be real exciting. I'm curious, you know, when you did not know that you were going to be pastor, can you just tell us what it was like? I don't know. Did Pastor Bunton like come to you and say, <laughs> hey, you're up? Yeah. Uh, I mean, how did that work? And were you at that point surprised when, you know, yeah, what was it, it was, like? It was actually... Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't, I can't really encapsulate the feeling. Okay. But ultimately what was happening is I've been in this church since really, I really dedicated my life to the Lord 27 yeah. years ago. Yeah. And okay. so in the midst of that, I was always shocked whenever somebody would come to me and pastor would say, Hey, you're going to be a deacon. Oh, I don't know what, I don't know what to do. What does that mean? And how do I, how do I really walk in that? And so I've started walking in and it just became natural. <laughs> and then he wow. said, well, you're a minister. 
And so I'm preaching and sharing the gospel. And it's like, wow. And then he says, well, you're an elder. And so he lays hands and all of these things begin to happen in my life. So now I've been an elder for like seven or eight years and um, I'm enjoying it because it's, it's real. I love people. Yeah. And I love serving people. And to me, an elder is the, is a chief servant in the ministry. And so what started happening, though, is I would be waking up in the middle of the night. Oh, Spirit of God would wake me up yeah. and say, when you run a youth ministry, do this. Write it down. And so oh. I would start writing things down. And I would say, okay, well, I need to take this to Pastor Bunton and say, hey, Pastor, I think we need to change some things in the youth ministry. And he'd look at it and say, well... I think things are going okay. Maybe that's for the future. So, oh, okay. okay. That's a good answer. Not a problem. I'm going to try that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's for the future. I don't know. Uh, but wonderful thing. And things would happen when you run a men's ministry. Do this. Write it down. God would like – I mean that's pretty explicit. Like God telling you like directions. Yes. Do this. Do that. Exactly. And you would write it down. And I'm writing it down in the middle of the night. And and waking up and saying, Lord, what do I do with this? Was it ever – okay, this is going to be honest time. Was it ever a little bit – because I've been associate pastor plenty, mm-hmm. and at that point you were. Was it ever a little frustrating when, like, you just know God has spoken to you mm-hmm. and you share with Pastor Bunton and it's like hearing the words like, well, that's a good idea, but not now. Uh-huh. How, oh. how much fun was that? <laughs> oh, it was it was devastating. It was you know, devastating. Truly, because yeah. I know, I'm, I you, really you know knew. that I'm hearing God. Yeah. And so, but I also had this other thing in the back of my mind. Pastor Bunton has been like my father. Yes. And so yeah. he's not going to steer me wrong first. Because oh, yeah. I know he hears God as well. Yeah. And so I'm I'm not I'm not frustrated with him. Okay. I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? Yeah. And so initially initially my thought was, you must be preparing me to go start a church somewhere. Is that what you thought? Because Pastor Bunton is the pastor of this church, and he will always be the pastor of this church. <laughs> and he can be 120, and he'll still be the pastor of this church. So there's, ne- there's never yeah. – that, that, that thought never really you entered my mind. You did not have that thought, yeah. No, never. And so, and so literally, we have a covering church. We're part of a number of churches. As a matter of fact, Family Life here in San Antonio is a, is a church that is affiliated with our church as well. Okay. And um, there was a meeting where a pastor went to Jacksonville to meet with all of our church members or church leaders and things yeah. like that. And I got a phone call about maybe six months before he had the conversation with me saying, hey, we were just here at lunch and we were talking about you. I'm like, oh, why are y'all talking about me? You shouldn't yeah. be talking about me. You should be talking about, you know, God stuff and big stuff and I'm just nobody. Wow. And uh, six months later, he had the conversation where he pulled me into his office and said, you know, I've been praying about this for a number of years mm. and the Lord showed me that you're to be the next pastor. However... I want us to pray together, and I want you to have the confirmation before I begin to share this with anybody. So me, my wife, you, and your wife will begin to pray about this. And so we prayed for two years. Two years? Correct. Yes. And then it was a new... Two years. And then it was eventually shared with the rest of the ministry. Absolutely. Two years. It was two years of, of prayer. Yeah. And and confirmation and discussion and, wow. and preparation and a number of other things that we did kind of in secret. And it wouldn't so that it right, wouldn't right, right. keep people out, but it was more so to really truly know, is this what you're saying, Lord? Yeah. And so as those notes started being pulled out and I was like, okay, Lord, I, I see it now. Yeah. It is for this ministry, but it is for an appointed time. Yeah. All right. Tell me who got there first in hearing from the Lord, you or your wife? Be honest. <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> Be honest. Did she know right away? She, she, so my wife has kind of been one of those who's fought against it. Okay. I understand that too. Uh-huh. And so I think <laughs> the revelation happens. has always been there. Yeah. But the acceptance of it, 
has never really uh it was never an easy process you know yeah. um our marriage we got married um 4 years after me coming to really accept Christ in my life. Yeah, we're going to get to that story. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> but in that time, people were always saying, oh, watch out for him because he's going to be. And she's like, well, I don't know. It's like, well, we wait for the Lord. And I've never, ever, I mean, people have said things over the years, but I've, I've always pushed that aside and yeah. said, you know what? Ultimately, I am nobody. Jesus is everybody. And so he will use whom he desires. Yeah. And if he can use me, I mean, I've got a pretty messed up, testimony. I've got some things that I've done that, that would disqualify me very, mm. very easily. Mm. And so if he wants to do that, let him do that. I don't want to have it somebody try to coerce me or convince me, yeah. oh, this is your next step. I want to hear from him. And so wow. we both heard and I both, yeah. I think we both communicated and we were both preparing for something because we knew something was happening. Yeah. But when it started to really become revealed, I think we kind of both accepted it together. Okay. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Can we talk about your testimony? Can sure. we, will you share that with us? I mean, how did this, how did this happen? I know you, you just, you know, kind of hinted at you were not living for the Lord. Right. Yeah. Um, and I remember kind of bits and pieces and highlights of your testimony, mm -hmm. but I just want to hear it all over again. Yeah. So, well, you know, I'm I'm going to condense it. You're going to because, condense because it because you you, Do you, believe you don't them? have you don't, don't have know. enough time to hear the whole story. I promise <laughs> you. But um, it all started back in 1900. No, I'm joking. It all started truly in 1970 when I was. I think born. we have time to hear the story. I mean, I know okay. we got to get to the lunchbox, but it's in the middle. We'll, we'll go. All right. We'll it's go. In the okay. Middle. We'll yeah. go a little bit long. It's okay. I want the whole story, <laughs> okay. Pastor. Okay. Okay. So so literally, I was born in December of 1970, Shepherd Air Force Base in Wichita Falls, Texas. Yeah. My father from Buffalo, New York. Yeah. Uh, my mother from Wichita Falls. Okay. My mother, never been out of the state of Texas. She gets married to this airman. They have this child, and then they get stationed in San Antonio. And then about a year and a half, maybe two years later, uh, they get stationed in Istanbul, Turkey. Yeah. So now my mother, who's never been out of the state of Texas, <sighs> oh, man. is living in a foreign country. Uh, there's no military base that they oh were living on. Gosh. We actually lived in an apartment with the, the with the Turkish people, right? And so, learning the language, understanding how to navigate, and kind of work through this not American environment was very trying. Not American, very, not Texan, not I mean, everything changed. It's uh, yeah. it's a I can only imagine what she went right. through. I know as a child, the many the the small things that I remember, um, like I remember going yeah. going to the market. And there would be like animals hanging in the window. And yeah. I'd say, Mom, what are those ant what are those dogs doing in the window? You know, yeah. they're, but they're goats, you know, yeah. they're, they're selling goats and seeing people begging and uh, asking for money. And, you know, I mean, literally having no legs, no limbs, yeah. you know, going through severe poverty and things like that. Um, but also in a bustling city that is one of the, one of the, one of the, the, major cities in that area. Okay. You know, and then, you know, we, we know what's happening in Ukraine right now. Right. Ukraine is right across the sea from Istanbul. Mm. And so all of that stuff was happening. In addition to that, the Turks and the Greeks have never liked each other. Mm. And so there were things that were happening, like they would have air raid sirens going off in the middle oh. of the night and that we would have to put sheets on the window and turn out all the lights and sit in the dark for hours, yeah. you know, and it was, there were no, there were no bombs dropping, right. but Tell that to a three-year-old, four-year-old kid. Right. You don't right. know what's going on. Right. But there's something that happened in that moment, in those moments, yeah. that taught me, when everything is in chaos, become calm. Whoa. 
And so when everything is in chaos and everything is breaking out, as a matter of fact, I'll, I'll jump forward to about yeah. 10 years ago, I worked for the Department of State Health and we worked through many issues like uh, hurricanes and, and wow. swine flu and all different types of things. And I had a COO, I'll never forget, her name is Dee Porter. Okay. And we had a call from, from the governor's office and he yeah. says, do this, do this, do this. And we were walking through this whole process and she's like, okay, we need to set up this call center and it needs to be set up in three hours. Darius, I need you to get it done. I go get it done. And two and a half hours later, she's walking through this call center and she says, wow. Darius, I don't understand. How is it that when everything is falling apart, you just seem to become more peaceful? I said, well, I lived in a place when I was a kid that taught me that. Wow. And so that that's, is. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, you could have learned so many different things. When I think about people going through that kind of stress, I think more of the opposite response of that becoming a trigger when things are, you know, stressful. Mm -hmm. And for you, I mean, I, I don't even understand how God did that, oh. you know. It's, it's truly amazing. And, and I didn't even realize that he really revealed that to me just a few years ago, uh, just to share how he works in our lives. And we don't know the trauma and the, the, the issues that we go through mm -hmm. and all the things that we did struggle with. They actually help to build us to be who we are mm. and who he calls us to be so that he can use us for his purpose when he calls us. Yeah. Well, that's good. So here I am. Yeah. We're in a different country. My mother and father, um, they, they've, they've gone through a lot of things together. They've gone through some struggles. My father gets sent away to Germany for a little while. So now my mother's in a foreign country with two little children, and she's having to deal with things. And my father comes right. back. Also during that time, I had two congenital hernias that were undiagnosed. Oh, wow. And they had become so bad that my intestines were cut off and the, the blood flow was cut off. And my mother actually went to the military doctors and they couldn't tell her what was wrong. She went to a Turkish doctor. They just, they determined what was happening. Yeah. And I was on a plane to go have emergency surgery. So here I am. I'm less than five years old. My family has gone through a lot of turmoil. We're living in a different country. Whew. And now my father has had a miraculous conversion oh, to the wow. Lord. Now, I had no idea what was going on. I just knew things in our household had changed yeah. for the better. And things had become very peaceful and loving and things mm. had changed. But in the midst of that, we start hanging out with this man. And he is, and as I now know... A Christian evangelist in this okay. Muslim country wow. that we started hanging out with. Yeah. And he's taking us on these trips. And we're going through these dirt roads and all through the countryside of Turkey. And we're experiencing something that I've never experienced. As a little kid, all I can think of is that we get out of this little VW van yeah. and he gets out and yells at people. And every once in a while, he throws people in the river. <laughs> So as That's a child, great. That's yeah, great. Yeah. as a child, all I'm thinking is, why can't we just stay home and I want to play? Yeah. And this guy, he gets out there and he yells at people and then he throws them in the river. And so <laughs> that's funny. So that's... I, but I have no idea what's really happening right. at that time. Um, and forgive me if I, I don't remember his name, but his name is James, James Leeper. Okay. And so he actually eventually was excommunicated from Turkey because of his Christian evangelism. Yeah. And we were with this man as, as I was a child. Yeah. We moved back to the States. Things have changed in our family and we're starting to become better. But, you know, my little brother was born, you know, things are you right. know awesome and everything. We get to Scott Air Force Base near St. Louis. Okay. While we're there... I start to become bullied. Mm. There are two. There are three. You're bullies. How old about? I'm this about a, not ten, ten or eleven. Okay. Yeah. So 
there are these bullies at school, and I'm not talking like regular bullies that you okay. know they they bully you on Facebook. I'm talking about the kind that beat you up every yeah. day, wow, and take your money and stuff like that. This is like you know it's wow. it's it's a it's a difficult situation. Yeah, my mom would stand out on the stoop every day because I walked to school. Mm. In the snow, uphill both ways. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. But we walked to school, and our place of living was furthest from the school from all my friends. So on the way to school, I would pick up my friends along the way, but on the way home, I would drop oh. off my friends, and it just so happened that the last guy that would be hanging out was that bully. Mm. So something happened, though. God sent me what I'll call a guardian angel. Mm -hmm. His name was Jimmy. Jimmy was a kid my age. Me and Jimmy shared a lot of things in common, including okay. the fact that we were very athletic. Ah. And so in all of our little neighborhoods, we used to have battles between each of the different neighborhoods. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, football, baseball, running, riding the bike, building ramps, all types of yeah. stuff. So me and Jimmy were best, best friends. Yeah. And he did so many things for me. And one of those things he did was mm. that he, he protected me from the bullies. Dang. But there came a point where we were outside playing football. We had a Nerf football just came out. Yeah. Nobody had a Nerf football. Well, so those we were orange playing. ones? Or yeah. was it, yeah. it was orange, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And so we were playing, and uh, I knew that the storm was coming. And my mom had called me in and said, you can get inside before it starts raining. I said, okay, guys, well, you guys keep on playing. I'll see you all tomorrow. Well, uh, apparently that Nerf football got caught up in some wind, got caught up in a tree. Oh, my gosh. Not a problem. Yeah. Me or Jimmy, we're the best tree climbers in our whole team, right? Yeah. Well, I wasn't there. So Jimmy climbed the tree, and he went to grab that football. And unfortunately, there was a, a wire, uh, an electrical oh my wire. Gosh. There. And so he grabbed that wire, and <sighs> forgive me, I'm, yeah. he grabbed that wire, and uh, he got electrocuted. Oh, my gosh. And um, in that moment, I wasn't there. I didn't know what had happened. But some people came down the street and said, you know, Jimmy, he got hurt. You know, so I'm thinking, okay, well, he's hurt. They, right. they got doctors here. We're, we're good. Well, I had no idea. We're living near St. Louis. Well, they were they were actually, um, they had a C-130, and they were going to ship him or fly him down here to Bamsey. Mm -hmm. Back at the time, it was uh, Brook Army Medical Center. And um, I remember because our house was right next to the air, right next to mm -hmm. the uh, runway. And uh, I remember that that's a big plane. And yes. so it makes a lot of noise. It's big, yeah. And, you know, it's <laughs> revving up and it's warming up and, I'm like, okay, go, 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 because they need to get Jimmy better. And uh, then all of a sudden, it just stopped. The engines rubbed down. And uh, wow. as you can tell, yeah, um, he didn't make it. Right. And so here I am, 11 years old, and I'm struggling with the fact that, you know, my best friend is now passed away, and I don't understand death. No. And neither do I understand the fact that I could go through something where that should have been me in the tree. I should have been able, I wouldn't have grabbed that. I would have got that football and everybody would be okay. Right. So I should have been there. Right. And so through that trauma, I struggled and I was, I was dealing with such devastation, but I was also very introverted. And so I didn't express it to a lot of people, mm. but on the inside I was, oh, I was yeah. really destroyed. And, um, what happened was I, I'd go back to school and that bully, he started to come back. Unbelievable. And so, I didn't know how to deal with it. Right. But out of that trauma, out of that stress, out of that distraught, I had my Incredible Hulk lunch pail. All right. And uh, my mother tells me the story because I literally blacked out. Okay. All I remember is that bully, he pushed me from behind and I, I landed on my knees. Mm. The next thing I remember is my mother pulling me off of him. What? Because I had my Incredible Hulk lunch pail 
and I was beating his head, and I was beating him to a pulp. Had my little thermos in there and everything, and I feel real bad that I feel good about this part of the story because I feel like I'm not supposed to feel good about it. Truly, truly. Uh, so I'm just saying. It's yeah. dang. Okay, go on, please, yeah. please. So that so, was the first of maybe five events where my anger welled up. Well, yeah, and I blacked out. Yeah. And wailed on somebody. Okay. The very next time was a few weeks later where I had. Did been, that bully ever mess with you again? Was that it? Or did he? I keep... never, ever saw him again. You never saw him again. Yeah. Wow. I think he hid from me. Oh, my Or his gosh. family moved away. Yeah, maybe maybe he requested that his dad get a uh, <laughs> leave of absence so he could go somewhere. I never wow. saw him again. I, n- I don't remember after that right. ever seeing him right. one time again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't remember his name, but there was another guy at the school. His name yeah. was Jason. And I remember, actually, it was a few months later. Yeah. I had been racing my bike around the because, you yeah. know, I was the best. I yeah. wanted to be the best. Yeah. Yeah. And this new girl had moved in, and she said, oh, I can beat you riding bikes. I was like, no way. There's no way there, a girl is going to be able to beat me riding a bike. So sure enough, we get on. I had just gotten a new Huffy bike, and yeah. you know, I'm, they said start, and I'm riding. And sure enough, she's ahead of me. I said, no way. So I'm, I'm pedaling as fast as I could. And she came over and my front tire hit her back tire. Oh I God. went in the air. I landed and broke my thumb. So I've got this cast now yeah, and this cast of shame because it's because this girl beat me. Mm, and uh, yeah. I go to school and uh, this guy named Jason, who was another bully, he was really razzing me about it. And he was, I mean, he was unrelentless. He was yeah. like, you're just nothing because you, you can't even beat a girl, this, that, and the other. Wow. And, um, uh, I blacked out again. Oh, my gosh. And this time when I came to, I looked at my cast, and I had a red mark on there. And I looked at him, and he had a split forehead. And so I uh, wow. I, I say that he signed my cast, but that's not really the way that you do that. <laughs> but uh, literally, uh, that moment really scared me. Yeah. Because then I realized, you know, I may not be in control. Right. You know, and uh, so you would you would black out in these stories that you tell. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you don't, don't remember... remember. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, it's like, it's the, the incredible Hulk. Hulk. I mean, it's the, the rage. switch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There, there was anger and rage and all types of things that were welling up inside of me that I did not know how to, to wield. Yeah. I did not know how to express. I didn't know how sure. to, to really, uh, work out in a positive way. Yeah. Okay. And so it came out in ways that I didn't sure. expect. And so fast forward, we get to San Antonio. We come back to San Antonio. We're living at Randolph where I graduated high school. Go Rohawks. <laughs> and um, our family is, is changed again. And, and we've made a transition. But this time, there are some pastors that used to live in St. Louis that now have come to San Antonio as well. Okay. And we've come up under their tutelage, and they've become uh-huh. our pastors. And it's been a great transition. Yeah. We were founding members in New Creation because that's oh, Bishop okay. Copeland and, yes, and, and yeah. Pastor Emerita uh, Claudette. And so we yeah. were founding members in that ministry. Oh, wow. But now okay. I've become the church boy. Oh, boy. And all the kids know me as, you know, that guy that goes to church. And, you know, it's like, mm. you know, but, you know, I'm I'm kind of a regular kid, but I, I live in a pretty good, strong Christian environment. Mm. Uh, maybe a little strict, according to my friends. Yeah. But ultimately, I'm, I'm living, yeah. living a churching kind of life. I prayed the sinner's prayer because of that church probably mm. 1,052,000 times. <laughs> and so I knew that I knew who God was and I yeah. knew how he wanted me to live and all of mm. these things. And I got baptized when I finally understood that probably mm. about the, I think at the age of 15. Okay. And so, um, 
lots of things, lots of good things happened while we were here. However, yeah. had another bullying event. And uh, this Man. guy, uh, he was six foot seven. Oh. He was the uh, center of our football team. Yeah. And uh, we were on a school bus, and I was a senior, which is a bad combination. Yeah. I should have been riding with somebody in their car, but I was riding. Yeah. And this girl that I thought that I liked was came and sat next to me, and we were talking. And my friend, he just started razzing me about that. Mm. Next thing I know, I'm in the air jumping on him. Now, Based, I know that you see me as this big, burly, you know, strong dude, but yeah. Uh, six foot seven. Six foot seven. Me, five foot six, 125 pounds, probably uh, soaking wet. Right, right. Yeah, that didn't work out too well. As a matter of fact, I remember when I came wow. down, when my feet hit the ground, my first inclination was run as fast as you can. And unfortunate unfor- for me and for him, uh, when I came and hit the ground, uh, he started laughing. And so I turned around to him and I said, yeah, and don't do it again. And that was the end of that. <laughs> you know, that's why I'm still breathing. Yeah. yeah still living. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But through all of those things, God gave me grace to be able to learn how to navigate life. Mm. When I got to college, I went to Southwest Texas State. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, um, Learned that, you know what, all of this low self-esteem, and I always tell people my self-esteem was so low that um, I could tell you intimate details about everyone's shoes. Why is that? Because I never looked up. Mm, Gotcha. I never looked anybody in the eye. I always paid attention to what was on the ground. Wow. And I didn't realize that until I got to college when I started to recognize that, you know what, there is something good in me. I do have something to offer the world. I felt that I was kind of useless. Mm. That wasn't due to my parents. It wasn't due to my environment. It was just just kind of things that I had believed about myself. Yeah. So when I got to college, though, started to kind of feel myself because I said, you know, hey, the girls are starting to like you. And, you know, this is kind of easy to yeah. work these yeah. things out. And, and, and alcohol is available and drugs yeah. is available yeah. and, you know, all types of things that really can feed your flesh and feed your right. ego. Right. You know, but when I was in college, I'm thinking... I am really smart, you know, so I, I'm going to go into these college classes and the, the uh, professors are basically going to bow and say, where have you been all of our lives? And, and how can we put you on a pedestal before everybody else says you can be the model? Yeah. Because you are just so great. Yeah. And I really wow. had just this big ego. I went yeah. from zero to a thousand yeah. pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. And so in the midst of that, though. I started to go through some problems. Okay. Had a recording studio down here in San Antonio because my goal in life was to become the next Bill Gates or the next Bobby Brown. Either one. Either one's okay. (laughs) Whichever happened first. Or maybe (laughs) both. both. You never know. Why not? It's a possibility. Why not? Right. Okay. And so my goal, uh, I started working towards that goal. Me and some friends of mine in in high school, they started this recording studio and I joined in with them and we were making music. We were traveling. We were doing things. And also I was going to school for computers. And also I got a job working for the Internal Revenue Service dealing with computers. So here I am, 19 years old, making more money than I've ever made in my life. More money than any of my friends, more money than some right. of my friends' parents. Right. And I am in a place where I am just overwhelmingly blessed. Yeah. And I am not going to class. I am not doing anything that I'm supposed to, and I'm doing a lot of things that I'm not supposed to. Yeah. And because of those things, I lost everything. Okay. Because I decided that I'm not going to follow God. I'm going to follow me. Yeah. And he and things just began to fall away. Okay. So I lost my job because I got kicked out of school. 
Because I lost my job, I now can no longer pay for my apartment and pay for my car. And so they're calling me saying, hey, Mr. Todd, where's your car? We need to come get that. Yeah. You know, and all of these things are happening. And in the midst of that, one of my best friends from college calls me. He's, he has moved back to Dallas at this time. Yeah. 19 years old. And he calls me and says, oh, no, 22 years old. I take yeah. that back. Okay. And he calls me and says, hey, something's happened. I was like, oh, man, is everybody okay? Your mom okay? Your dad? Yeah. Everybody's fine. I just started going to church. And I'm what? like, oh, well, hey, you know what? Good for you. That's good for you. I've done that all my life. I don't need that anymore. I'm happy without that stuff. Yeah. And he says, no. He says, I'm, I'm calling you because I know God is calling you. Whoa. And I said, well, I'm not answering. And I hung up. And so wow. I really just, I felt like, and I, I felt like this, you if anybody's up. going to church, if anybody's going to heaven, I'm going. Yeah. Because I've prayed that prayer yeah. a million times. So you don't have to preach to me. I'm good. Right. I'm good. I'm going to, I'm, I'm not doing well right now, but I'm going to figure it out. So just watch. Yeah. Just watch. And so that went on for about another year and a half. And in the midst of all of those things, I would also feel the conviction of this Holy Spirit. And I would be partying on Saturday wake up Sunday morning in time for church. <laughs> and I literally would get up on occasion and I would get in my car and I would drive to this church where another friend of mine was yeah. and I would drive around it long enough for that feeling to go away. Then I would drive home. Wow. Cause I said, you know what? At least I went to church. Yeah. I went to the church and I called that. I did my drive-bys. <laughs> yeah. But one day I was feeling so convicted that I actually went into this church and I sat in the back row. Okay. And I figured, um, I took my own Bible. Yeah. Because I said, you know, going to the church with a Bible is like going to the bowling alley with your own bowling ball. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like, hey, look at him. He's got his own ball. He's got his own right. Bible. He's a real Christian. He's good. So I was like, I don't want anybody to talk to me. I just want to be yeah. incognito. I sat there and just as the preacher got up and I felt like he literally said, everybody stand. Everybody can leave. I just need to talk to him. Yeah. And he talked about my life mm. for 40 minutes. Mm. And in the midst of that, I just said, I can't take this anymore. I got up and I left in the middle of him preaching. And as I'm walking out, there's this lady sitting in the back and she says, are you okay? I said, yeah, yeah, I, I, I got to go to work. And she's like, okay, well, what's your name? And I said, I don't want anybody to know me. But I said, my name is Darius. And she says, it just okay, came Darius. Out. It, no, came it, just, it slipped. I, I, it I, slipped. I, I, was, I was so kind of just shaken yeah. that it slipped. And uh, so I left. Yeah. I got out of there. I said, okay, I'm not going back. Yeah. About a year later, drive by, drive by, drive by, going in. Yeah. I went in, and the same thing happened. Yeah. I got in there, but I stayed through the whole sermon. Everybody get up. I just need to talk to him. I love that. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, God, I said, what do I do with this? Because I don't like this, but I know I need it. Yeah. And so I left, didn't come back though. I said, oh, but I got back to the back of the church. I shook the pastor's hand and there was that lady that I saw seven months ago. And she says, hey, Darius, how are you doing? I was like, oh, that's Whoa. the cardinal sin. Never coming back here again. You will never <laughs> see me. She remembered your name. She remembered my name. That's unbelievable. And I said, I never want to come back to this church again. Wow. And I never did. And you never did. No. Oh, my gosh. A few months after that, though, I get a second call from my friend in, in Dallas. His name Same is Rod. Guy. Same guy. Oh, my God. And he says, Darius, I'm calling you again because the Lord keeps placing you on my heart. I've been wow. praying for you, and I know he's calling you. But this time he adds this, don't wait. This could be your last time. Wow. Well, you're, how, how bold are you? 
Right. If, you know, how dare you say something right. like that? You don't know what God's saying. You don't know what God's speaking. Yeah. You don't, you're not, even though I'm feeling the conviction in my heart yeah, and I'm feeling God pulling me and he's speaking to me and I hear his voice in my friend Rod's mouth and I'm thinking, <laughs> but I'm still, I'm still very, very, yeah. very prideful, very haughty. So I listened and I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to keep trying this. The last straw, my girlfriend, whom we were on again, off again. Yeah. But I knew that was the, that was wife right there. Yeah. I knew that was wifey. She was going to be mine. And, you know, we're going to work this stuff out and all of these things. Well, I found out that she's now with somebody else mm. while she's with me. So she's cheating mm. on me and, mm. uh, and then lied to me about it. Mm. And so we were mm. closer than close, yeah. but I ended that. Yeah. But it was in that moment that I said, okay, God, I know you're out there. I know you're calling me. I know that wow. you want me to do something different, but I don't understand you. And I'm struggling with what you're, with what you've done in my life. I'm struggling with what I've heard. And I don't understand when I open the Bible, it doesn't make sense to me. Mm. So I'm going to do something. And I'm telling you guys this. I did something that I don't think anybody should do. Yeah. Which is yeah. I went and played Bible roulette. Uh-huh. And I went and got my Bible, yeah. pulled it out of the closet, blew it off, <laughs> and I threw it open. And I said, "God, if I don't understand what's what I'm gonna, mm. what I'm about to read, then I don't want to have anything to do with you." Wow! You got one chance. And I looked at that Bible, and I, I had opened it up to Deuteronomy 28. Okay, my son, if you're faithful to follow my commands. I will bless you in the city. I'll bless you in the field. I'll bless you when you come in. I'll bless you when you go out. I'll bless you here. I'll bless the fruit of your hands. I'll bless you. I'll bless you. I'll bless you. That's the first part of that scripture. Yeah. But then the next 42 verses, because you have not followed me, you're cursed and you're receiving the curse of this and you've cursed here and you're cursed there. And it's reading my life. Wow. And then I get down to Deuteronomy 28. 38, where yeah. it says, even the woman you're pledged to marry will be ravished by another man. All right. That ain't fair. Close the book. Wow. Pastor. Okay, God. So here's my next bargain. I hear you. <laughs> I understand you. But I'm not going to stop drinking. I'm not going to stop cussing. I'm not going to stop sleeping with women. I'm not going to stop doing drugs. I'm not going to. I gave him a whole <laughs> list of things. Yeah. I'm not going to stop doing these things because I know that's what you require. Yeah. However... I do want you to make me the man that you want me to be because the man that I'm making myself is surely going to die. And so if you will do what you need to in me, I'll give you all of me. Wow. And so as a part of the process of the sanctification part, he began to remove the desire for certain things. And it's like alcohol. Why do you even need that? What is this? And why do you are you're you're trying to supplicate yourself in certain areas, supplement yourself in certain areas that I am supposed to be there for Mm, you. And so now I want to remove these idols that you've placed in your life. And I'm going to now take those things that you thought were for your good that have been destroying you. And I'm going to make you the man that I want you to be. Wow. And so I pray that prayer even now. Yeah. Not that I'm not, not that I'm not gonna, (laughs) (laughs) not on purpose, but literally I pray that prayer every day. Mm. Lord, there are two things that I desire of you, Mm. that you will give me moments with you today, that I'll feel your presence and know that you are moving and that you're, that you'll give me the opportunity to minister your greatness to somebody. Yeah. And then two, make me the man that you want me to be today. Yeah. Give me my daily bread. Yeah. Help me to be what you've called me to be. Because if I can be that, then the littleness, the nothingness that I am yeah. will mean something. That's good. 
Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. good. All right, man. What happened next? There's more to this story. <laughs> I know. So, I remember some good parts of the story. There's more coming. So there is. Um, so when I when I prayed that prayer, that was yeah. a Saturday. Okay. I'll never forget okay. because I was laying in my bed, and on Sunday mornings, I played soccer okay. in Austin. Yeah. I was in an Austin City League yeah. international team. We were in an elite team. Oh man! And okay. I was I was a forward. Okay. okay, I was a I was goal either, scorer. Uh, man, I was there, and that Sunday, I played the absolute best game <laughs> no, I have ever played in my wrong. entire life. That was the oh, out of seventeen years of playing soccer, I played the best game. I scored the first goal, and then I scored the winning goal. And this guy that was guarding me, he was this tall German guy, and he kept cussing at me in German. And I was like, I was running circles around him. Oh my and so gosh. I scored the winning goal, and that was the goal that was necessary to go to the championship game in two weeks. Oh, my gosh. And after every game, we would always go to a, a bar, yeah. and we'd sit down, and we'd watch sports, and we'd talk to women, and we'd get drunk. Right. And so we go to this bar in Austin, and we, we're sitting there, and I was kind of melancholy, though. And I was yeah. like, I don't know why. I mean, I just play the best game of my life and everybody's like you know hip hip hooray you know on the shoulders and you know it's like whatever you want man we're gonna buy you everything you don't have to pay for anything today we got you and so i'm sitting there i'm like well yeah give me a coke they're like yeah throw some rum in there man and you know give them some this man as a matter of fact no coke i just want some water Mm. man just give them something clear give them some vodka or something like that i'm like oh so I just, I just need to sit here. So about 30 minutes later my good friend comes up to me he's like rick he's like he's like man what's wrong with you i was like nothing and I'm sitting here and I said, you know, Rick, I think I need to go to church. Wow. And he says, oh, man, we'll go next week because we don't have a game next week. But the following week, man, you're gonna, if you play like you played, there's no way we're going to lose. Whoa. So, yeah. I said, I think I'm going to go to church next week. Yeah. Dang. I think that's what I'm going to do. And I went to church that next week and I haven't stopped. Wow. That was 28 years ago. Wow. I missed the game. You missed the championship game. I lost some friends. Yeah. 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 And so, but in the midst of that, what I gained, that woman, remember that lady that, uh, Oh, I do. Yeah. That, that remembered my name. Yeah. 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 I was uh, mad at her. Yeah. I didn't want to have anything to do with that church because of her. That's right. Yeah. Four years later, we got married. <laughs> how, how, how did that happen? How did that happen? Cause you didn't go back to that church. No, I didn't. I didn't. You did not go back to that church. I went to a different church. I called my friend that went to that church and I said, Hey, do you still go to that church? He's like, no, we're in a different church. We now started a new church called Abundant Life Christian Church. And um, you ought to come sometime. I said, man, I'll be there tomorrow. For real? I mean, I've been asking you for like five years and you're like, I'll be there tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, I'll be there tomorrow. And so I went to that church and that preacher preached and the same thing happened. But this time I was asking God for it. The same wow. thing. Lord, speak to me. Mm. Show me what I need to do. Help me to be that man that you called me to be. Help me to be something better than what I am today. Yeah. And he spoke to my life and he spoke to my life and spoke to my life. And it just so happened that, you know, because I have some musical background, yeah. I also became part of the band and part of the praise team. And uh, that young lady happened to be a part of the praise team. And she's a worshiper. Mm. And I'm mm. like, I'm in the I'm in the presence of God. 
<laughs> like that, you know, thinking, man. That works better on Facebook than the podcast. <laughs> You're opening I got your the, eyes. I got the prayer eye open, and I'm the just like, man, I love the way that that woman yeah. loves God. Yeah. I love the way that she submits to God. I love the way that mm. she is so giving in ministry. Pastor Bunton gave a, a testimony just this past weekend right. how when he used to live in San Antonio yeah. and he was the pastor in, in San Marcos, she had a two-bedroom apartment and opened it up for him and his wife to yeah. come stay with her on the weekend so that he would not have to travel back and forth. She cooked for them. She, she cared for them. Yeah. She loved them like they were her own parents. And I saw that love and just that foundation and just yeah. such a beautiful heart um, and plus a beautiful face. That never hurts. <laughs> um, and then she's just a wonderful person and I just became attracted and it came to the point where we would be in rehearsals yeah and then everybody would have left except us and I'd say, okay, well, we can't be in here by ourselves, so let's go sit on the church, on the front, yeah. outside, yeah. you know, and we'd meet and we'd, we'd hang out. And, you know, eventually I got to a place where I'm like, man, why do I like this woman so much? Because I've decided at this point that I'm not going to get married. Yeah. And I'm just going to have a lot of friends that are females. And so I'm not, because I don't want to disrespect anybody. Wow. And so... We start hanging out, and eventually I get to the point where I'm like, man, my one of my good friends in the church, his name is Chris, and he comes to me, and he says, you know, I see you and Jackie hanging out a lot. I say, yeah, you know, that's my friend. And he says, okay. He says, well, I wanted to let you know that one of the guys in the church noticed that as well, and he kind of want to talk to her. So he asked me to ask you, are you guys something, or is he okay to go wow. make his move? And at first I was like, what? <laughs> you can't talk to Jackie. That, yeah. that was the inside voice. But on the outside, I was like, who is it? <laughs> and he was like, oh, man, I told him I wouldn't tell you. But, you know, oh, I said, no, man, I, you know, I, I don't want anybody just talking to Jackie. So, you know, you have to tell me who it is. No, no. Well, I mean, but what are you guys? Are you guys something? I was like, that's none of your business. But it, but I'm but at the very least I'm her brother and so you can't just send anybody over there if you if he, somebody's gonna go talk to her yeah and on the inside I'm like what are you doing <laughs> what are you doing where why are you oh my right. gosh and so literally he said okay okay I'll I'll tell him no I said okay yeah you tell him no unless he's gonna come talk to me and I'm thinking man this is not right <laughs> so the whole church takes a trip to California for a conference okay and I'm there. With um, I'm rooming with another guy. His right. name is Jerry. And uh, she's rooming with another lady named Chris. And so we decide we're going to go to the Hollywood sign, all of us. Yeah. So we're walking up, and, and Jerry, big guy, and he, we, we wrote a play together. He wrote a play, oh, and I cool. did the music for it. We're oh. getting ready to do it again in San Marcos, oh. as a matter of fact. I'll tell really? you later. Okay. I'll tell you later. Okay. But he's talking about the play, and he's excited about this. And all the time, I'm hearing wah, 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 because right in front of me was Chris and Jackie. And I'm like, I don't want to be walking with him. I want to be up there walking with her. Mm. And I was like, oh, stop that. What am I thinking? What's wrong with me? Yeah. Something. And so we get back to San Marcos now. And I'm thinking, man, I got to end this because whatever's happening, I don't want it to happen. Yeah. But uh, so then we, we have the conversation. My wife, or my, my friend at that point is yeah. uh, like, well, you're going to have to decide what you want. Either you want a relationship or you want a friend. You tell me. Yeah. So we go to the gazebo in San Marcos. And for those in San Marcos, they'll understand this. And we're sitting out there in the middle of the night. And uh, the lights are on. It's an open park. And uh, we had a conversation. And it was like we were playing cards. And after a while, all my cards were on the table. There was nothing that, not, that this woman didn't know about me. Yeah. I was hiding nothing. Yeah. And in that moment, I felt the Spirit of God say, 
I have presented to you, you your wife, mm. but you must choose. And so being the man that what? I am. But you must choose. All right, go on, go on. You must choose. What did Adam do? He said, this is now my bone of my bone right. and flesh of my flesh. Right. He said, this is now my wife. Yeah. So he said, you must choose. I don't know if, if Adam had said, nope, try again. I don't know what God yeah. would have done. Yeah. But he, in that moment, he said, you must choose. Mm. And so being the wow. guy that I was, kind of leaned back in my chair and I said, hey, what would you do if I asked you to marry me? And being the woman that she is, she said, I don't know. You'd have to ask. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not a real that's not a you're not asking me that that's not your right. that's not your play right, right? you're not that smooth right and uh so i did what any normal man would do yeah i go got on. up and left oh, no i'm joking i'm joking <laughs> i really literally got down on my knees i had not planned this i had not yeah. premeditated i had no ring i had nothing but i told her i said listen you have been the woman of my dreams the woman that i asked god for yeah and I don't know if you feel the same, but if you do, I would love to spend the rest of my life with you. And when I said that, it was like this weight lifted off and something changed in my heart and in my life. And, and uh, thankfully, she said yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> and, and that began the, the journey of, of the 25 years, 26 years coming up is that we've, we've had together. Wow. Yeah. And now you're pastoring that church. Yes, the same church where I said I would never go. Yeah. Never going to be with those people yeah. because it wasn't the building. It was the people truly. Yeah. And and it was something that God wanted to do. And he had a plan and he took everything in his plan and he yeah. shaped me and made what was necessary. And um, if there's anything, though, that I can leave the, your yeah. listeners with is that ultimately what I learned is that yeah. I had so many idols in my life mm. that I had put in the place of God. Mm -hmm. I had put those things in a way that he could not get in because I was serving those things and I was trusting those mm. things. Mm. And even today we can trust in our, our prosperity. Yeah. We can trust in our house. We can trust in our family, right? But we should trust nothing more than we do God. Yeah. Because when he began to re reveal to me, trust me, son. And he says that same things, trust me, yeah. daughter. He says, trust me mm. and see what I will do. Because even before we got on the recording, uh, got on air, I was sharing with you what he did for me in my, my career. Right, right. I yeah. just had a 30-year, 30-year career, career in IT yeah. where I dealt with kings and queens of the, of the information technology world. Yeah. You know, IBM, you know, uh, Dell, Microsoft, Deloitte, uh, yeah. all at KPMG, all of these major players. Yeah. And somehow God put me before kings and queens to mm -hmm. be able to be a cog to move things forward. And in the midst of those things, he gave me access to their lives mm -hmm. to be able to speak his word. Yeah. And to be able to give comfort and strength in times that were needed. Yeah. And so I say all of these things, yeah. if we will remove those and allow God to remove, point out and remove the things that are unnecessary in our lives, he'll do great things. Yeah. Do you miss that work? I mean, you, you did that for 30 years. You rose to a very high level. I'm just curious. I mean, you're retired from it. Do yeah. you miss it? I, I do miss it, but I miss it in a different way than you might think. Okay. I miss it like I miss soccer. Ah, okay. Go I played on. my very best game. Yeah. And then I retired. Wow. I love it. The, the, the project that I completed working for the comptroller of state of Texas yeah. was to convert apl an application, the major taxing application yeah. from the old platform to the new platform. 
We work with Deloitte for about two and a half years. I work with multiple different mm-hmm. vendors and different people in our in our organization. Yeah. That organization brings in between two and fifteen billion dollars a month, and we were responsible for converting the application that does that work. When I finished that app, I said. Oh my gosh! It's that is it is finished. It is finished. Yeah. <laughs> well, you did a good job because I pay sales tax on very bold every once in a while. It's a lot easier. So I don't yeah. know if that was you or not, but well, it's a lot easier. So I don't claim I, a, I don't claim credit, but I'm I played a part. It to you. I'm yeah. giving it to you. Wow! All right, um, let me ask you this. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us what's on the bottom of that. Yes. So this actually a part of my career. I was in a meeting. And uh, and some of my employees were in the meeting, and I had to defend them. And they had never heard me very graciously and didactically put someone in their place on their behalf. And so I protected my staff, and they were so appreciative. At the end of the meeting, they said, man, Darius, that was so awesome. Thank you for taking care of us. You have really covered us and kept us from the the true destruction that was getting ready to happen. And I told them the incredible Hulk Lynchpale story. And I shared with them... Back in the day, I had the unfortunate response to jump on people and to do things that were unnecessary. But God has now tempered me and given me the ability to share in a way that is appropriate and utilize that fire controlled. And so what they did is about a week later, I came to my desk and I had this incredible Hulk lunch pail on my desk. Love it. And so, and what I wrote on it it? is Ephesians 4.26. It says, in your anger, do not sin. Do do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And on the inside is uh, the the card that they wrote me, but also some very calming teas. Nice. (laughs) Nice. So every morning I would go and I'd go into my incredible Hulk lunch pail and I would get some tea green tea and uh, spend some time with the Lord Love and, it. and remind myself that the lunch pail is to remain pristine and not all dented and torn up the way the other one was. But still, my takeaway is don't mess with Pastor Todd. <laughs> did, I, did I miss the point of the story? <laughs> that's a part of it, but <laughs> that's now a that's a very it. minor part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you, um, and I know there's a lot more we could talk about, um, but I'm going to ask you to just close in prayer. Absolutely. This will be on the podcast, but uh, could you just... Pray for somebody who's listening and just pray as God leads you, and then I'll close out the show after that. Amen. All Amen. Right. You know, I um, as I prepare for prayer, yeah. as I was preparing for this opportunity, yeah. the Lord said, you know, there's someone who's doing their best to not give up today. Mm. Mm. There's also someone who's doing their best to not fail and become a failure. Mm. And there's also someone who's doing their best to not lose and become lost. Mm. And he said, I want you to pray for and speak to those people. Well, man, amen. And so I'm going to pray if you'll pray with me. Oh, man, you got it, Pastor. Yeah, let's pray. So, Father, we thank you, God, for your presence in this moment. Mm -hmm. We thank you, Lord, that you have ordained this time. You have ordained the, the listeners that are here with us. And I thank you, Lord, that you are here with us and also with them. Lord, you're not difficult to find. As a matter of fact, you said if we knock... If we ask and if we seek, you'll be right there. Mm. And so, Father, we call to you and we come to you, Lord, knowing that we have baggage and issues and struggles and and, and even joys and strengths, Lord. Mm. We place none of those in front of you. But, Lord, we come to the one who can cultivate and nurture and work through each of them. Mm. And so, Father, I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that the baggage that we carry, 
the traumas that we've experienced, mm. the, the issues that we face even today, even now, mm. those things that cause us to stress and strain, those things that cause us to think little of ourselves. Mm. I pray, Lord God, that you will begin to move in those spaces. And I pray, O oh God, that you would touch each and every bag, each and every garment, each and everything that we carry around. And I pray, God, that you would release it, God. And I thank you, Lord God, that even in my life, you released that anger and you released it, but not to be released in the way that I was using it and the enemy was using it, but to be released for your kingdom's work. Yes. So, Father, I am angry at the devil now. I am angry at those things that have come against your people. And I pray, God, with the fervor, God, and the strength and the fire that you've given me, that those things shall be decreased and they shall be diminished and that you'll be destroyed. Mm. That they will be no longer useful for binding your people, but instead, I pray that you would release them into your perfect will and to your purpose for their lives. And I thank you, Lord God, that even in those scars that we have, You use them, Father, for the purpose of propelling us into our purpose, that we can now look at the scars that we have and say, look what God has done, and we can be sensitive to those around us Mm -hmm. to be able to meet their needs as you have met ours. And so, Lord, we point everyone to you today. We bless you and we thank you, Lord God, for your working, your ever working in our lives. And we blank, we thank you, Lord God, for not only releasing us into our purpose and our, and our destiny, but also releasing a testimony in our mm. lives so that we may share with those who yes. don't know you, who don't have hope, yes. who don't have the hope of salvation and the one who has given it. So Jesus, we thank you for invading yes. our space today. Yes. We thank you for speaking to us and we thank you for mm. receiving us as your own. We honor, we're honored to be in your kingdom and in your family. And we bless your name now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Wow, that was that was great. Thank you so much, Pastor Todd, uh, for sharing that prayer, for pastoring us, and um, for just sharing these stories that you've shared with us today. Really Amen. blessed me. I know they blessed, uh, blessed a lot of people. So just thank you so much, man. It was really awesome. Really Amen. awesome. So I just want to remind our uh, Facebook viewers that, man, it's a great hope, and your story is different from Pastor Todd's. It's different from mine. But, man, everybody has a story, and I don't know where you are in that story. Maybe your story is still kind of coming to that point where, man, the light goes on and things change, and Jesus gets a hold of you after years and years of resistance. Or maybe you've come through, and you can look back and remember all the great things that God has done. Uh, For those of you who can look back and see that, I want you to remember that great hope that we have. For those of you that are still searching, and I pray that God spoke to you during that prayer of Pastor Todd's. I mean, he just loves you so much. He just wants you so much. He just keeps after you. He kept after Pastor Todd. (laughs) Man, he kept after you. You had friends that were on you. God was using. Uh, Man. He kept after you, and he's he's keeping after you. But maybe today, now is the time to say, "I'm done running, I'm done hiding." Now is the time, man. I'm just I'm just ready. Just give it to me all, Lord Jesus. Give it to me all, and He's ready to answer that prayer right now, mm-hmm. right now. So just surrender. Just say, "I'm done." Amen. Go ahead, Jesus. Give me what you got. I'm done. 
Give it to me, Lord Jesus. Fill me up with your grace, with your love, with your power. Take away the garbage. Take it out. Leave it. Take it. I want nothing but you. Just go ahead and bring it on. And let let the Lord Jesus fill you up with that joy and that peace. Let him fill you up with his Holy Spirit just coming in your life. Just taking out all the trash and just filling you up with God's goodness and God's love. That is the spirit of Jesus, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that is just coming into your heart and just taking over. And your life will forever be changed. Your name will be in the book of life. And God does have a purpose for you. God had a purpose for Pastor Todd, and he still does, and he has a purpose for you. And it's unlike mine. It's unlike Pastor Todd's. It is your purpose. And now the Holy Spirit will begin to just sanctify like you talked about and clean out some of that stuff. And he'll begin that work, and he's going to show you that purpose. So just let go right now and just say, okay, Jesus, I'm ready. Just bring it. Bring it all. And he's coming. He's coming for you. He loves you that much. So that's the great hope that I want you to hold on to. I want you to know it. It's the life and love of Jesus Christ, and it's real. It's real, and he's ready right now for you because that great hope, what we talk about while we're called Very Bold Scrapping and Very Bold Ministries and Very Bold Athletes and Very Bold Coaches is because that great hope. In 2 Corinthians 3.12, this is what the Apostle Paul wrote. We got trigger happy marksmen ready to go. You, you're not called the marksman for no reason. He's ready. <laughs> uh, and I'll just uh, tell you this, 2 Corinthians 3.12, therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Very bold radio and podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's word and through inspiring interviews. Go to verybold.com for information and updates and email steve at verybold.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.